welcome to the Wed Pro Podcast, the podcast for Wed Pros no matter their stage. We are your hosts, Katie and Roxy, and this is the Wed Pro Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Wed Pro Podcast, and today we have got something special lined up, haven't we? Yeah, really excited. Thank you so much for tuning back in and listening. Today we are joined by, and we we actually mentioned that we were going to get you on, Raquel, Mm -hmm. so I'm really excited about this because we mentioned on a previous podcast when we were really talking about wellness and actually we were talking about joy and balance and I was like, we know an amazing person for this, so we're so excited. So really want to introduce you listeners to the wonderful Raquel Braganza. Hi Raquel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, very excited to be here. Amazing. Just to kind of start off, could you share a little bit about your journey as an empowerment coach and how really you found that passion about helping people and how you got into the work that you do? So this really came from my collapse. Life was not kind. Things were very, very difficult. And I made it my mission to overcome that, to connect to my joy. I'd say that if there's one word to define that I would use to define me is joy. And there was a time in my life where it was just dead. Like there was none. I existed, but there was no, like I wasn't alive anymore. And I couldn't bear that. And it must, there must be a way. And so I consumed as much as I could to, to get that joy, to connect to that joy and overcame a very difficult period of my life. And in that process, it became a dream to be a coach. Like, could I teach this to somebody else? Could I help somebody else? I also, my particular circumstances were very much about the the extra difficulty of being a woman. We face challenges that a lot of men don't face and I was facing them all together in one go. So then that side of things became very big for me. And then I was still doing the nice, nice thing, you know, what was expected of me and you need to have money and you have this skill and you should just do it. And then COVID hit and I thought, I can't just keep, cause that's the good thing. I need to do what I really want to do because for me it was delayed. It was like one day when I have the money, one day mm-hmm. when things are better one day. And I decided, no, I'm going to do that right now. Um, I can't take all the accolade because th- there's there's support there. I couldn't have done it on my own. You know, if my mum didn't come through, if other people didn't come through, I wouldn't be able to make that choice. But I was able to make that choice. And I did my certification. I managed all of that. And now I have my clients and I'm active in it, although it is a new business, as in I'm launching it, but I'm doing it and I'm proud to be doing that. I think that's really amazing and really brave for you kind of to open up there and talk about, you know, some quite raw experiences that Mm. you've had, but also so brave for you to actually just think, oh, you know, I'm not getting that kind of fulfillment from what I'm doing now. And I'm really stepping away from that one day. You know, delaying it, right? You have this will or this calling or this thing that's really important to you. And then you look at your circumstances and it isn't a match. Like, oh, I can't do it now or I'm going to have to do it later. And, and you keep pushing it because you're trying to, I think more, more, than, more than men, us women, end up having to adjust to mm-hmm. so many features. You know, I'm a mother. I have that responsibility. That takes a lot of my time, you know, the practical stuff, but then the emotional stuff of caring for your children. Then you run the house. In my case, I do it alone. I don't have a husband that lives with me, a partner. I don't have my family near me. So just that alone, that demand is quite huge. And then you go, okay, now I'm just going to start right at the bottom. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, you need the the training, you need to do the homework, you is a time frame to get to where you need to be to mm-hmm. then find the client, to then launch a business. So that the whole thing is quite huge. But it's it's about breaking it down into baby steps and going, okay, what can I do now? And how can I get there? And how can I manage the process of getting there? And then taking taking that taking that chance and I think if even if it doesn't go well whatever chance we decide to to take I think there's that 
soothing feeling of I tried Mm -hmm. it wasn't what I thought I didn't enjoy it things didn't come I it wasn't for me whatever reason you have in the end but it isn't this bittersweet of if I had then I would and you're always longing and and going back to that at least you tried because I think there's always plan b like you know you do a and b doesn't go and let's see and there's a long line of letters that you can up from there's always another thing you can do but I think it's important that you spend your time doing things that make you feel alive mm. as much as you can what I really love about what you do and what you're about is that empowerment it's about you know how you were saying about being stuck in that cycle of you know I, I, plodding along thinking oh one day I could do this one day I could yeah. do that but it just takes some courage to break that cycle but it's possible isn't it it's is possible for all of us I think the problem there Roxy is that we don't have enough examples that's something yeah. that I really feel we we open the news the news feed on our social media wherever it may be and a disaster there's a lot of that there's a lot of the boy that fell from the window there's a lot of mm-hmm. the financial turmoil and how many people lost millions There's a lot of that and there isn't a lot of success stories and success stories that you identify with. You know, if I if I look at Beyonce, Taylor Swift, I mean, yay, do I identify? No, I am not going (laughs) to sell out the tour and I'm not going to you know, that's that's not me. That's very distant from me. I need the woman that has kids, that is on her own, that isn't 23 anymore right because I'm 46 and then you have that pressure as well like this age really gonna like start starting now now. right so I need the woman that is it is somehow in my circumstances she doesn't have to be like me but she's dealing with my circumstances and she did it or the guy you know who's 46 and you start something new. But I think I think Raquel, you can be that woman, and you are going to be that woman for other people, and other people are going to stop and look and think, "Oh wow, she's done it, so I can do it." Or you know that little bit of courage that she took, or she took that step. And I know, like we, although you are major experience in your field, and you've done a lot of research and a lot of training, that you're at a slightly different point in your business journey than we are. Yes, we we've done this business now for five years, but we been in business of kind of 15 people have said that to me people have said that to Roxy like oh like seeing that you've done this and that's kind of helped me go and do that I think community is a really big thing and you were absolutely tipped up hit the nail on the head where you say we don't really see a lot of success stories and I think we could fill a whole podcast Uh about how some things are stacked against women but we don't we don't see a lot of stories really about very serious women entrepreneurs at the top of their career and top of their game and how they've done that with the kids and balance the kids and I know that there are some things that we kind of see like on Stephen Bartlett's podcast and things like that but yeah as kind of like the feminist in me that I am I'd you know I'd really love to see more opportunities and more stories and more kind of connection and I think we sell ourselves short as well because until someone says to you, you know, the lady at school or your neighbor or whoever it is in your field, until they say, oh, wow, you did it. And I I then told my daughter, like, you know, K- Katie did it. What about you? Or in yeah. somehow, in some way, you have inspired, motivated, been an example to somebody else. We're not fully aware of that. I don't think we understand the impact that we have on other people. I mean, we have it on ourselves, but the way you are, the way you carry yourself, the choices you make, the consequences that you handle, other people are watching, whether it's close or from afar, they see it. And we need to know that more than changing our lives or making our dreams come true, we're also giving that possibility to somebody else because we're saying, if I can do it then you can do it. And and, sure. and we should have more of that. We should see more of that. And we should speak more openly about not only the struggle, but the achievement, you know, like you're walking the difficult path. But listen, I got to this beautiful 
um, landing and I want another landing now and I'm going to walk further. And uh, because I think when you don't talk about the, the struggle, people then dress it up and go, it's easy for her. Mm -hmm. It won't be easy for me. But for her, it was really easy because she knew Roxy because she, her mother comes from the wedding industry mm. because her father had a shop because, you know, you just find reasons why for you, it's just like that. But I don't have all those advantages. So it would be really hard for me. And I think when we voice the fact that we have challenges, maybe it's financial, maybe it's practical, maybe it's, you don't have the skill set, you need to learn it whatever challenges you actually had to face, it didn't just land on you. You no. conquered it. Yeah, and that's really, um, I think something you kind of said that really resonated and that, and, and that was really like, oh, you know, we do need to talk more about the journey and the struggle. You know, people will ask me, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm self-employed. And I wonder how many people just say that. Oh yeah, you know, I run my own business. Mm. But it's not really saying what you do, what is you it? Do. And quite often I won't, you know, I'll just say, oh, you know, I coach, I run a business. I won't really go into like what that entails or, you know, some of the amazing things I might have done in my career. And, you know, yes, we can get to that if you were really interested in working with me, but it's not front and center and not something I, wa I wear. And I think I wonder if that really comes from a place where we feel maybe it's socially unacceptable to talk mm -hmm. about our achievements like that. I think it. that's also a little bit cultural, you know, this stiff upper lip and this just be humble. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I be think humble. I think that has a, a role to play, but I think it's also a choice. I think when you look at your neighbor, your friend, someone that's inspired you and you feel that you go, damn, like she's doing great things. Just put that mirror up and go, damn I'm doing great things mm. I'm going to be that person to my daughter my son my cousin it doesn't matter who it is but you need to tell people I do this and it's and it's really successful no own, own it we should you know, own, own it more and and then if they go well how do you do that then you then you then you come out with the whole vulnerability and you go it wasn't easy but it's so worth it I you love know, maybe that. if I, I had really... my receptionist job nine to three and loads of time with the kids and a paycheck that's guaranteed, it's small, but regular, on the dot, maybe that would be another option for me. I didn't choose that. I choose this. And, and this is what it took to get here. I'm telling you five years in, I'm here. 15 years in, I'm here. I didn't choose it yesterday. And ta-ra, you know, yeah. just here I am. But I, I, I think you need to remember, Roxy needs to remember, I'm an example to other women, younger, older, similar, not so similar, that you can take the baby steps that add up and lead you somewhere where you're happy to be. Yeah, and I think that's really important for other people, also running businesses, listening to this podcast to, to think like that as well. I think a few things you there you were talking about in terms of and really what we wanted to talk to you about today was this idea and concept of balance and especially when we're kind of juggling all these roles that we have like business owner parent friend neighbor partner dog Dogs. son yeah nice. yeah yes, all of these <laughs> having things. a life as well at some point <laughs> and yeah. actually yeah that's a good point Roxy because we're also kind of drummed into us aren't we to be the best we can be in all of these yeah. areas all of the time and especially synced in with the culture of kind of social media and working from home and not really ever having that switch off like talk to us about that and how you really define balance and and help the people that you work with I don't like balance <laughs> <laughs> I don't like balance I find it uh, really pretty but empty I think that it's a void concept because it doesn't hold any emotion. It's just something that you expect to have. And then when it's not there, you go, why, why is it here? Why didn't it turn up? It should be here and it's not here. So in, in some way, it, there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of it's not happening for me. There's a sense of this isn't fair. And that puts you in this victim place of, 
oh my God, here I am with my little circumstances that are squashing me. What I really like is priority because I think that once you flip it, you get a really different result. Your mum, so I think this is a really valuable question. You have a newborn, where's your balance? Uh, you're in hospital, you have surgery, something happened, you need to go in, you're gonna have a recovery period. Where's your balance? Where did it go? It's not here. But then if you ask yourself, what's my priority? It's here and I'm fully in. I'm gonna do the recovery. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do my baby. I'm gonna care for this situation. You know, whatever is special to you right now, it becomes your priority. But it also comes alive with the whole, it's my choice. I choose yeah. this. I own it. It's mine. I could have 20 things. I'm having number six. That, that's the one I've chosen today. And then you're not so helpless with the whole, oh, I don't have a balance. You're like, no, no, this is what I choose. And I think that really empowers you to connect to that thing that you've chosen. And it's going to be varied and it's going to be, flippant isn't it like right now it's your newborn but then your mum breaks the ankle but then your door's broken but then your computer isn't working you know your priorities keep keep coming at you but it's really deciding what is a priority I think is the most important decision that you can make even in your tasks you know you you, you sit at your desk or you arrive at your job you might be a beautician you know it doesn't matter what you do have that priority of, I mean, my to-do list is 358. What are my two things that I can do today? And and that could be something small or that could be chapter one of 10. Like you're going to have to do 10 things to get this thing concluded or ready. Or, but what can I do today that's going to move this forward for me? And really focus on those priorities for the day. And I think that supports you with this guilt of, oh, I didn't do 412. No, Bonnie, because I was just thinking that when you said that, Raquel, we've, we've been talking to our coaching clients about this a little bit this week, like that guilt of, okay, I've done that, but oh, now I feel guilty because that's not happened. What can we do about that? You can you can look at the, the different things. Let's say there's 10 things and you can do the priority list. It's a priority. It might not be even urgent, okay? Mm. Like nobody's dying. The world's not kind of come to an end that you don't make that call, but it's really important right now. So let's talk about this podcast. You decide you want the podcast. You think, oh, this is going to be really important. I'm going to do this podcast. But if you don't ask me to come, podcast's not going to happen. So it's not that making that call or that email is like essential to your day, but it's one step closer to we're going to do that podcast than we planned. So it doesn't have to be immense, it could be small, but does it matter to what you need to do? And this isn't just professional. I think the whole concept of priority that I wanted to talk to you about today is very much like your entire life. Because when you say, I don't have the time, try say that's not priority mm -hmm. and see how that feels. Yeah. And that's everything. Yeah, I really like that as well, because I, I do think um, this kind of makes it more feel like you're not exactly what you said about it, like you're not losing something. I think very, you know, we can be very aware that, you know, at times where we need to focus on our business, potentially we're not so focused in our relationships or we're not so present in our relationships or uh, with our children, with our partners, however that may look, with our family members. And we exactly that word that that guilt word can kind of come up as to, you know, I really need to focus on the business right now. And this is a priority right now for me to do in order to get to a space where we may be able to spend a little bit more all time together or whatever that may be. But I suppose it's that that's what this kind of concept of balance that keeps coming up. Maybe it's something that actually it's not a thing because, you know, it's not about balance. It's not, it? it's not attainable. I mean, yeah. it's attainable for one afternoon because everything <laughs> lined up that yeah, afternoon. Yeah, like brilliant. You know, the kids, the weather, the IT, the client, that like everything is in flux. So like for four hours, you're like, oh, this is so balanced. <laughs> but then boom, here we go. And then you need to make a new choice. You know, what? what's my priority right now? But I think when you, when you choose it, 
you can do it without the dragging of the other eight that oh that's on my list and I mm-hmm. didn't do it. It, it it becomes more of a choice and 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 I'm going to do this because I choose this right now and that could be something that's only for Roxy it's only for Katie it's not for the child it's not for the business and it's not but right now that's that's what matters right now because I also think it's really important that we understand it's it's very much related to your business and and and, and your capacity to earn a living and provide and and have the lifestyle that you want to live in. But it's really important to understand that the quality of our lives are not defined by the two week holiday that you take once a year. Yes. Yes, that is so you true. You go in, you land in the Caribbean, cocktails, <sighs> breakfast, sunshine, lotion, potion. Oh, my God, I love it. That, that isn't your life. That's a snapshot in that mm-hmm. one moment that happened for you for two weeks. But you got the other 50 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's that's your life that's the quality of your life and the quality of your life is made by the very random boring reoccurring experiences that you have every day so it starts with the good morning you get up you face the first human (laughs) is that a little one a big one is it family is it a client whatever You, you get up and you face the first person of your day and you have a good morning that good morning alone has so much power because is it dragged? What's the tone of voice? Is it irritating? Is it sarcastic? Is it ironic? Is it pissed off? Is it loving? Is it excited? Are people looking at you? But are their eyes alive? Are they half dead already? How do they say it to you? If you do that for 350 days, you get the crap good morning. You get the crap energy around your, your table. You get the crap situation in your home because it's not organized. You get the crap calls that everybody's shouting at you because you haven't done the 20 things that you said you're going to do. You're not having quality of life. And I think we have this concept that when I'm really successful, I'm going yeah. to yeah, 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 when yeah. I earn 20 grand and when I earn 50 grand and God is my happiness going to skyrocket when I'm 200 grand in and we devote so much of our time and our effort for this money that you're going to earn that's going to give you all these things but it's not it's going to give you the better holiday the car the yeah you're going to get all this pleasure but the good morning is not changing because you earn 10 or you earn 70 how your kids talk to you, how your pet reacts when you arrive. They don't really care if you're on 10 or 100. They care about the connection that you have. But if you spend all your time at work building these millions that are going to give you all this joy and and, and peace and da, 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 that you assume they will, and you don't invest in anything else, you're always living in chaos, dreaming of this thing that's going to come when you have money. And, and you need to ask yourself, what does money mean to you? I think that's a really big question and people should actually just drive along in their lives and think, what, what is it? What is it that I want out of money? Because no one is dreaming of little rectangular pieces of paper. No, no. Nobody wants, oh, I want as many little pieces of rectangular paper as I can get. <laughs> Nobody wants that. You want something. You want freedom, you want ease, you want success, you want achievement, you want reward, you want to grow, you want to do more, you want whatever you want. But it's also important to look at your life and think that all these things that you want, you already have. They are in a different shape, they're yeah. in a different format, they are not in the in the in the way or particular shape of money. But where in your life, if you're seeking freedom, where do you already have freedom? If you're looking for ease, where in your life there is ease? Like you already have these things. I love that. Uh, I, I really I think love. It's really important yeah. to to come back to that. That money will expand what you have, but it won't give you what you don't have. No, I really like that, and I think that's really good. And and, and just to take you back to something you said before about in terms of like choosing your priority. I think that's really powerful because then yes, uh-huh. like you do get to choose. So you know, for now, my priority maybe I need to get this one or two things done for work for my business. But then in half an hour, my priority can be the 
kids and not be anything else. And then when 8.30 comes, it can be me and I can have 15 minutes for me. And and it's about that shift between all this rather than, and, and maybe that is the way we get balanced by prioritizing all these things, because then, you know, have I ticked off the self-care? Have I ticked off time with the kids? Have I ticked off the thing I needed to do at work? That's really profound for me. I've, mm. I've had a really like liable moment there, Raquel. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Like, it's kind of it. It's how you perceive things to be. Like, what is balance? It's not about the balance. And ex- oh, yeah, me too. I'm just like yes. <laughs> I think um, if you understand that the things that you're looking for in money already exist in your life, there's a. Like I'm expanding. I'm not like desperate. Yeah, you're not. And it, and it's I'm not saying there. that there aren't people that have real financial struggle. And I can mm-hmm. speak to that. I've had real financial struggle. Struggle when you look at your balance and you go, Lord. Yeah. That's the only thing you can say, apart from swearing or <laughs> losing your mind. I'm not talking to that because that is not a dream or a longing or that's a need I'm not talking about where you are in need and that is your absolute priority because you know it's a need I'm talking when your basic needs are covered and you have dreams and you want more and you aspire to more and you devote yourself to do more remember that you already have a lot of what you're seeking so the dream is not to achieve it it's to expand it it's to grow it in a different way have more in a different format of it and more freedom more ease more comfort more recognition more achievement whatever that may be for you and ask yourself that question what is money to me when I have a hundred thousand one million three point two billion what is that going to give me because that's what you're seeking, that that yeah. other thing. And it might be two, it might be three, it doesn't matter. But it's knowing that for Roxy it might be freedom and for you it might be achievement and for me it might be something else. But it's an understanding what you're seeking because you can have it in the things that you don't devote so much time to. You can have a lot of achievement in having an amazing relationship with your kids. That's achievement. God damn it. If that's not achievement, yeah. what is, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, the love you have from your pet, the kindness you show to somebody else when they're in need, does that bring you ease? Does that make you feel free? Does that give you achievement? And I think we focus that all these dreams are coming through for this one only possible avenue, which is the money. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it isn't the only one, it will only expand what you have. And I don't think Steve Jobs, with all his millions, was enjoying his money when he's dying of cancer. No, because you're going to get to that end result. You're going to get, okay, I've got that money. Exactly like you said, things are still... the st- Crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes they're not crap. Sometimes they're just on this flow that's been created. But it isn't connected to joy. It isn't connect. There is no connection there. Mm-hmm. How many people are married and they're just married and it's all right. I'm not going to leave the guy. It's, it's okay. But it isn't a, ah, this is great. And it isn't great because you don't spend half the enthusiasm, the drive, the energy, the commitment that you do in your job. If people devoted half their energy and focus, they do at work because there's a salary or because there's a dream or, you know, it depends where you're at with your work. If they devoted that to their love, and I mean friendships, family, lover, kids, you'd have a very different experience of life. And that's why priority comes in. Um, You need to prioritize and you need to know that every element of your life deserves you. And you deserve all these different areas of life. It's It's like if you arrive at that beautiful hotel breakfast, you know like you've got the whole freaking like table upon table is there the smoothie and the pancakes and the, the, it just keeps coming you're like Jesus Christ I don't even know where to start because I have so much to eat but all those things have different flavors and different nutrition and different feel when you eat them and and that's our lives we can't just go oh I drink tea and I have toast and this is your entire life tea and toast tea and toast tea and toast 
Because where's the green? Where's the red? Where's the where's the other flavors of your life? And it isn't easy. So I've written something down that I want it because I can't do this off, off the cuff because it's like <laughs> a day in the life. And I think this is a good thing to to consider from more of a shopping list kind of. Let's take emotion out of it and just kind of zoom in and look at the ingredients per se. So let's look at our 24 hours, you know, a day in the life. of. Because I think right to begin, we need to celebrate that there's a great degree of fairness because we all get 24. You didn't get 22 and I got 28 and we all get allocated the same amount of time. So there's I a love great, it. I love there's this. A great so much fairness time. right there. About time. You oh, I had a and not be jealous because Rox is on 26 and I only got 17. And but the why thing is, have more time? Time is, time is an invented thing anyway, isn't it? It's like a human concept that we've gone, oh, okay, this is this is the time of the day. That's, you know, and this is what like, blows that, my mind. That period from going to sleep to waking up to having the need to go to sleep again, okay? So that, that kind of pattern that we repeat daily, that concept of time, is given equally to everybody. And I think that kind of gives you the the little the little soothing, the little ah. Oh, everyone's on the same boat. Everyone gets the same amount. We all have to kind of juggle what we've got, and it's the same. But what I wanted to look at is a twenty four hour period, and do the maths just like a shopping list. So, let's say the general division of our time is in sets of three. So we got eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, eight hours for everything else. So let's assume we're talking about you, Roxy. You get up at seven and for two hours, you get yourself and your family ready, kids to school, you return. So now you have nine to three, which is about five and a half hours because you took half an hour to eat, drink, pee. Did you pee? Did you get time for that? So that's five and a half hours of work. Now you collect the kids from school. Are they in the same school? Because how long is that going to take? You're going to different schools. You're going to just to one, one school. And then you come home and somehow you manage another hour of work. So you've got six and a half that you've achieved at work. But you've also now done laundry. You've tidied up. You've filled in the form from school. You paid for the school trip. You ordered spying the on shorts me. <laughs> for the football game. You ordered the tights for school because they're ripped. Do you have any activities today? Is there swimming? Is there a school game or a play that you can't miss? You've made dinner, you served dinner, you've contributed to clean the kitchen after that. There's showers, there's pajamas, there's homework, there's preparing for school tomorrow. So this is between four and eight. So for four hours, life has happened. And then between eight and 11, you've got three hours. Okay, so are you gonna work out? Are you gonna call a friend? Are you gonna watch TV? Are you gonna have sex? Are you gonna reply to emails? do the shopping list or actually collapsed because this is not day one of your life. This is like, whoa, you've been doing this for a long time. And because you still haven't done any cleaning or booked holidays or done Christmas or the birthday parties or buying gifts or dealt with insurance or done nails or waxing or hair or gone out or been with your friends or seen your family or even put the bins out, the to-do list never stops. It just keeps coming. So then you sleep for eight hours, 11 to seven, and then it starts again. That's my life. <laughs> so this, this is a snapshot of our lives. And any woman who's hearing this knows this is the tip of the iceberg, what I've just described. This is just a little snapshot of, of our lives, of how we, we, we run them and we, we hold them. Mm. And I also think that any man who's hearing this can very much relate because either they are in that environment where this is how the world runs or they know the mum that does it or their mum used to do it. So it's not like it's unfamiliar to men. They, they can relate to that. But somehow the woman in their lives carries it. This load. And I wanted to talk about this mental load that women carry because it isn't just the shopping list that I've narrated here of the tasks that you get through your day. But it's the fact that we live in this continuous billions of open tabs in our heads. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. And, so you're and, here, you're loving yeah. my chat and you're going, I didn't, I didn't print that photo that he needs for school and I haven't ordered the chicken. And did, did I answer that? 
message that and and also that emotional load of all of those conversations that we have I know that I definitely do that like you know when I do speak to my mum and I hear about a snapshot of her life and what's going on there then I carry that and you know if I speak to a friend or if I didn't manage to call my friend or the conversations Mm. with the kids where they might be worried about a test or might be thinking about something that's going on in their lives like I think this there is a real emotional load that I know in my relationship I can't talk for all men but I know in the relationships that I have experienced and (laughs) with my partners that I definitely carry that more and the the Mm. men that I have um, had relationships with and I quite often think gosh I would love to be you (laughs) for that reason but I think that's the thing Katie you and Roxy and me all of us we end up having this whisper Yes. This conversation that's private, but we all understand it. But the reason why I want to bring it up here is because I think it's really important that it becomes public, that it's sure. it spoken about, because it, it will cover two situations here. It, 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 it will eventually liberate us from just keep taking it on. You know, because the truth is you've been programmed for this. I know, so, and I don't want my daughter to be like that. When I think about my daughter now, and I think... But the truth is, why? if Roxy says to you, oh, you know what, car's broken down, God damn it, I don't know what I'm going to do about the kids. You're like, I'll pick them up. Uh-huh. Without right? a second thought, I'm exactly the same. Like, oh, what can I'll I do? pick them up. And then your mum is, oh, my ankle is hurting. You go, I'll do the shopping. But do you need anything? Mm-hmm. And we just take more on. We just yeah. have this kind of default mode that, I'll do it. But you already have 615. Why why do we have 16 now? And why why does it just keep growing, right? So the more we speak of it and the more we're aware of it, the more we go, why do I do that? Is there an alternative to that? Is there a food shop that could be ordered that would be easier for me Uh than going to the shop? What can I do that helps and doesn't ignore, but doesn't suffocate me in my own experience of my life? So that's one thing that it does. But it also lets man, the men, all the men in our lives know and understand because they see it, but they don't know it. Yeah. It's like you're you're just so capable. You're just so able. Mm-hmm. You do it so easily. And he the fact that you carry it. it well doesn't mean that isn't heavy. Mm. And I want this phrase to resonate. The fact that you carry it well doesn't mean that it isn't heavy. And that could be emotional, that could be practical. But your man looks at you, getting everybody ready. You're going to school, he'll come back. Oh, laundry's on. Yeah. And he goes, oh, she's so good at it. Well, she doesn't want to live without clothes. And she doesn't want not to eat. And she doesn't want the kids not to be at school. You know, somebody's got to do it and I'm doing it. But also, what they don't understand is that in your mind, as you do the laundry, you're going, oh, I haven't called her back and need to book the tires. And when, when is the insurance? You know what? I actually tested this with my husband because we were both sat watching TV one night. And I don't mind saying, you know, those that listen know I, I suffer with anxiety. I have done for a while. So we sat and he was watching TV. I was looking at the TV. And then I turned to him and I said, Can I ask you a question? What's running through your head right now at this very moment in time? And I said, like, I'm not here, to, I'm not, not having an argument. I'm, I'm just really interested to know what you're thinking about. It was like, oh, I'm thinking about this TV program. And I was I'm like, following oh, okay. this story, just following I, this line. I was it's like, cool. oh, okay. Like, I didn't go into it anymore because I thought it's not not the time. But I thought, uh huh, that just confirms, Roxy, what you thought. Because in my head, it was, I haven't done this. I need to do that. Oh, did I manage to do that at work today? Gosh, I've got to go and tidy the, like, just an endless list. I think, that's, I think that's right for, I think, I don't know if it was you, Raquel, that said that men get into bed and just sleep. Or, or Was it you or was it a podcast I listened to? I think it was, might have been a podcast, podcast I listened to. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Stephen Bartlett podcast. And somebody said, oh, you know, men get into bed and they just sleep. And that's all that's kind of on their mind to get into bed and sleep. Whereas, and I don't know if there's something scientific in that that needs to be kind of looked at. You know, my partner is very good around the house. Like he's very, very good around the house, actually. Does the dishes, does the laundry, does the washing, notices when these things need to be done we share the school run he's very good at things like that I just think physiologically is that the way to say it I'd be really interested to know like is this just the men that we kind of have experienced 
like when when you're doing what you said there about when you're doing the dishes you're not just doing the dishes you're making like 300 decisions in your mind or you're running through all yes. of those things that you talked about and yes. thinking and did did I check in with my sister did I you know oh must remember to pack that for school tomorrow then it's PE day tomorrow and and whether when they when men do the dishes do they just do the dishes I'd love to know <laughs> I think they just do the dishes okay they are they are they are they are far far more simple because I think that they they have this down to a T the whole priority thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yes. just they just prioritize. So right now I'm doing the dishes. They're not like I didn't call her and I didn't book the squash and I didn't they're like I'm doing dishes. That's what I'm doing right now. Dishes. And then he moves from the dishes and he goes onto the sofa. What is he doing? He's watching a program. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's watching a program. And we just compartmentalize a lot better than we do. But I also think that we're not good at that because there's so much that is expected from us at all times. You know, if I had the expectation of today for the next three hours, you know, kids are done. I've done all the 28 million things. Now we've got three hours until I go to sleep. And the expectation of me was you shall do the dishes and watch a TV show. You're like, all right. That's all you got to do. Okay, go. I'll wash the dishes and I'll sit down. But that's not what's expected of me. I'm expected to know what the kids are doing tomorrow. I'm expected to plan for the birthday that's coming at the next weekend. I mean, But the men are not expected to do all of that all the time. And the more we speak of it, the more they understand. Because another thing about this mental load is very much linked to the taking initiative. Mm-hmm. So... Roxy says to her husband, I need you to do the shopping. And he's like, that's great. Just make me a list. That's it. You've lost me. We right have there. this conversation all the time. Me, you have lost me right there because half the job of the shopping is the list. Is making the list. My, my partner is coming across really good right now because I actually said that to him. I hate doing the list. I might as well go and do it. <laughs> so you do the list and he does the list. Like, I'm telling you now. But this, but this difference <laughs> between your husband and Roxy's husband is not just, oh, I was born that way. It's Mm. understanding it. So I go back to that point that I say that they see it, but they don't know it. Mm. Roxy needs to say, when you see the shopping list, it didn't like, it wasn't emailed to me. Like this happened. Yeah, there was no I had to think about what I'm gonna cook this week. And then I had to think about what already I have in the house. And then I had to remember what's finished during the week. Is it the powder for the washing? Is it the olive oil? Is it, oh, I think the salt is going. Oh, we don't have spray for the thing. So during the week, I've had these thoughts. And now when I get to the list, I go, it was a spray. What was the spray? It's a spray that's not, that's finishing. And then you search for the spray and you know, this is the spray that I need. And then you plan for the next week. And then you think of what's running out. And then you have the shopping list. And then you give it to him. And he needs to understand that making a shopping list isn't a two-minute chat. It's an effort. It's it's a dedication. It's a checking. It's a going. It's the writing. It's the planning. And that's what makes you tired. It isn't ordering it online or going to the shop. Mm -hmm. Necessarily. Although you may not have time for that because you're doing other things. But that initiative that seeing that something needs to be done and doing it and not expecting you to narrate how it's going to be done or give the to-do list of how that's going to happen. Because it's the same with the birthday parties. I see a lot of dads, that, and they're amazing at the party. They're like, whoa, he's so great. But he didn't order the thing and he didn't get the invitations. And he didn't deliver the invitations. And he didn't plan the cake and he ordered the cake and he didn't get the present. He didn't wrap the present. He, he's there and he's like, yay, people, let's have some fun. And you go... I'm exhausted. <laughs> right? It's just because you're doing different tasks. But had he known that he could order the balloons, order the invitations, go to the bakery and find the cake, not tell you to find the cake and mm-hmm. collect the cake, but do the, I'll do the cake. I say, cake's gone. I'll do invitations. Invitations are gone. Then I go, I'll deliver those. I'll speak to the party people. There's less um, load inside. For me to carry. Yeah, I think what you're kind of saying there really is, you know, got to start with communication there really, hasn't it? And what, you know, you said it's really important for us to kind of 
talk about this so that we can kind of make a change here and you know what strategies do you recommend for maintaining that kind of open and honest communication with family friends and business partners because I know a lot of us struggle with saying no and you know Mm -hmm. when when someone asks you exactly what you said oh could you pick up you know they don't even have to ask the question could you pick up the kids you're there offering the solution before they've even asked you thinking why did I say that you know but how you know what what strategy do you recommend there for kind of maintaining that open and honest communication and, and being able to just kind of not feel that you have to take on all of the things just get your priorities right Casey and understand <laughs> that there's a limit to what you can do because we we can do it all half dead I mean that's possible mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not possible I can do it all like that I can it's possible. I don't want to live like that. Yeah. I know. That, I think that's, that's the thing. Do you know, I, I need to get the out. right. And I need to tell you that I can help you today because you don't have the kids. You know, of course I'm going to go and pick up the kids. But I can't become the person that you call every time you can't pick up the kids. I need to have a conversation with you about what systems are available to support you with your kids. Because that is your kids, <laughs> not my kids. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've i got my kids that I need to juggle too. So it's not about not helping and not being kind no. and not supporting people. But instead of having the conversation 10 times that I'll pick them up today, you have one conversation where you go, what's the holiday care thing? What's the after school care that they got at school? Where does your mum live? She close by? What about that other mum that you really yeah. like at school? Could you share this? Like, why is every mother going to pick up at one o'clock? Can we just do Monday and you do Tuesday? Yeah, that would be lovely. It up a little bit more. But it's about having a conversation that includes many alternatives. Because if I have a wide range of options, calling you is one of them because I'm stuck, something happened. But I also have the mum from school and I have the extra care at school that stays late and I have the neighbor and I I don't know what I have but let, let's think about that and find I think Raquel I mean we work together and, and one of the things I came to you in terms of why I wanted to work with you was because I'd kind of identified a point in my life where I was saying yes to everything and you know yes to things that weren't making me happy yes to things that were at a detriment to maybe even the business maybe even you know or in all sorts of areas of my life and even with my children, it, w- it was really apparent that I, you know, I, and I've even thought of a moment, I've done it this week, when my daughter comes out of school, after school club, running with her best friend, oh, can Harriet come over? And it's like half past four now, and I'm like, what's for dinner? Now I need to feed Harriet as well, and what are we doing there? And of course, I was like, yeah, no problem. Well, actually, she wanted to go to their house, and I was like, oh, no, we can't put that on them with with no notice, so she can just come to ours. And it, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that thing of like saying no but in a more positive light I had a, a a date with my friend to go and see my friend I hadn't seen her for a really while a long while and we were going to go out for dinner with her and a partner and me and my partner and it'd been in the diary for ages and she's one of those friends where like women and, and people anyone kind of getting a date in the diary for adults it's all always like no I can't do Tuesday no yeah Thursday so we've got it in the diary and we're looking forward to it and then as the week came up just wasn't feeling it and I was feeling like oh, I'm really tired like it's been a really like struggle month I'm feeling like I can't really go and you know be the best version of Katie today like when I go and see her and a few days before I just said oh look let, let's take a rain check and rearrange and I didn't give a reason so I didn't have a conversation about like me feeling like why why yeah. am I saying this yeah yeah not so great about it I just and, and you know she's one of my best friends so I had to remind myself she's gonna be cool with it she's yeah. gonna be absolutely cool and we actually caught up last week we went out for dinner it was better because it was her birthday so I was able to pay and treat her which made me feel nice and we had a really good time and she was like I said, oh, yeah, sorry. I said, I just wasn't, you know, in a really great place. And I just, you know, one more thing that week would have just broke me and I just couldn't take it. And she was like, it's fine. Like, no problem. I knew. Like, when you text me that, I just knew. And I thought, 
yeah, you do know because you're a woman. And like, can you get it too? But it was fine. And that kind of, sometimes we can build these things up in our minds, can't we? Oh, that, yeah. That it's always bigger in your head than it always. is in reality. But I think that going back to this point of saying not, I think it's important that we understand that when when I when I say yes to you, I say no to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good point. When you yeah. call me and you say, I can't, I can't do the kids, Raquel, the car's broke. And I say, yes, Katie, I will collect your children. The moment I say yes to you, I'm saying no to me. I'm saying no to my kids. I'm saying no to my job. I'm saying no to my to-do list. I'm saying no to what I need. But then you bring that priority in. You go, right now, my priority is to help Katie. And that's fine. It's a choice that I'm making. But I am saying no to me every time I say yes to you. And I, I think I've but, always been but... the queen of yes. Like, always. In my family, in, like my friends, in my husband's side of the family, oh, Roxy will do it. Roxy will do it. Roxy will do it. And in 2023, I like took a little pact with myself that this Roxy is going to be the no person. And you know what? And how did it's that act- work out for you? Absolutely fantastic. It's changed my mindset completely. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even like like. I don't say no to everything now, but I am more inclined to say no than I am yes, because I kind of enabled a lot of people to like take from me. Take, 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 take. But that's the word, the crucial word that Roxy's enable. Mm-hmm. We do that. We yeah, give we others do. permission. We put ourselves in that situation. And I think it's a lot easier for me to go, damn it, Katie's always asking me to pick up the kids. Why, why, why she do this? Why, why, why is she calling me again? I don't really want to do this. But then I have to help her because, I mean, what's she going to do? Mm-hmm. She's going to have the car yeah, and she can't exactly. pick up the kids. And that's really easy for me to do. But it's harder for me to go, why do you do this, Raquel? Why do you choose this, Raquel, every time Katie calls you? Why do you do this? Yeah. Oh, because Katie, it's not about Katie, is it? It's about me. Mm-hmm. I want to be amazing. Or I want to be the rescuer. Or I want to be the, the one that I, she goes. I, wanted, I always wanted to be the one that got, that got the praise. Maybe it goes back from childhood, didn't get a lot of praise. So I was always, oh yeah, isn't Roxy such a fabulous person because she's she helped. And she's kind and she's helpful mm-hmm. and she's this and she's that. And she's exhausted. And she's those absolutely things, knackered, yeah. <laughs> those things we can get in a different way. Uh-huh. You said no to dinner right now, and you said yes to dinner later, and in the dinner later you got the love, the connection, the joy. The, you got yeah. it all anyway. So it's yeah. not that you have to choose, will I be liked? Will I be praised? Will I be helpful and kind? Or will I not be any of these things? Is how can I be that? and cater for my needs too because Mm -hmm. the truth is when you don't for as kind and helpful as you are Roxy what nobody's talking about is the resentment that you feel you're being super kind there you go you take Katie's kids again to school because the car's broken you're amazing but in here and that resentment builds into the other areas of your life because you you feel that something's being taken from you imposed on you demanded from you uh, and then there isn't this agency where it's my choice anymore that priority thing that we're talking yeah. about versus the balance you know like so that's been taken from me where is it versus i choose this when you choose to go and help katie you go i choose to say no to other things so i'm going to say yes to this but when you do it systematically, when you don't want to do it or you feel too stretched or you think today I can't fit that in, or then you're just buying your own resentment. And then you live with it because you can't really go, aren't you a bitch, Katie? Which is like, my car broke. I mean, what, 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 what do you want me to do? Right, but, but that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, damn it, she ruined my day and I'm doing all this for her and now I have no time to do everything else or now I'm going to go to bed later or now I'm going to get more tired or what. But it really comes down to that choice that you make. And sometimes people don't really actually need you to pick up the kid. They need you to understand that it's hard. When she calls you and goes, my car broke down, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with the kids. Maybe what she really needs is for you to go, damn this crap. 
I think that's really helpful. I think we definitely need to kind of get you back on again in the future. <laughs> I think we we're really... going to have a series. We're going to have a whole series. We, we right. I, want, I just wanted to give one thing to, to your audience uh-huh. that I think is really important. And that is the concept of triad. So that's like concept of a triangle. You could just visualize a triangle. There are three things that you're doing all the time. You focus on something. Like, for example, I can't get my kids to school today because the car's broke then you there's a physiology with that you are oh god I can't go what am I going to do like there's all this the body response to this situation that you're focusing on and then there's the language now language doesn't have to be what I say to you on the call it has to be what I'm saying to myself internally but this triangle is very much like a tripod so three legs yeah on the floor you change one leg you change the whole so for example in the car broke down I can't I can't get the kids if you if you change your body you change how you feel you're you're more empowered if I go from this to okay I can't take the kids now I'm like in action mode I'm Mm -hmm. not in oh my god depleted Jesus Christ what I'm gonna do this is so hard because this just feeds the whole thing so the quickest way is, is your body, is the physiology. You need to change your body. Because once you change your body, the whole thing engages differently. But if I change my language and I say, instead of, oh, I can't get the kids, I don't have the car, I need to find a new way to get the kids. I'm looking for different options now. Yeah. I'm not looking at what went wrong. I'm looking at, okay, there's going to be alternatives and I just need to find them. And if what I focus on isn't that I can't get the kids, but that once I get the kids... I'm going to celebrate that I overcome this thing. Like I have a challenge today and I'm going to overcome this thing and I'm going to celebrate that thing in the freaking car with the kids, any car that I can get. <laughs> That's a different thing. So at all times we are in this triad, of focus, body and language. And when you change one element, you affect all three and you will feel different. So if you're sad and you move your body, if you're worried, if you're stressed, if you, whatever you feel, change your posture kick some ass, dance it, punch, shake it. Just just, just go do a Zumba for five seconds in your house. <laughs> but move that body into action. You will feel so different. I love that. And I love that that's something that everybody can kind of do today. And exactly kind of what you were saying there in terms of when we give our brain like a question, our brains are wired to find the answers. And actually, yes. the, more, the more we do mm-hmm. that neurologically we create pathways like telephone wires to those answers quicker. So the next time we need to find an answer, it's, you know, it's quicker to find that answer and the options kind of come to you a little bit more naturally. And it's it's definitely something to kind of start to do to just reframe that problem, reframe that challenge, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. And- it's asking what you can do rather yeah. than what you can't do. It's having that notion of, am I going to focus on what I can control or what I can't control? The more you focus on what you can't control, the more helpless you are. That's yeah. just how it goes. You know, I can't get the kids from school. The car's broken down. I can't get there. This is everything that is out of your control. But the moment you ask the question about what you can control is who do I know? Who has a car? Who's already there? Who's coming later? Can the, kid, can the school hold them? What can you control? Now you have a multiple of options and you're less defeated and you're less helpless because you're looking at what you can do. Amazing. Wonderful. Raquel, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Where can people, really quickly, where can people find out more about you so that they can come and find you? Right now I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm creating my socials. I'm creating the website. So I am. Such exciting times. Um, we'll pop a link to your LinkedIn uh, yeah. down below and we definitely need to have you back on to talk uh-huh. through, you know. I'd love to. I had like so much ready, but then there's only what we you have. You said, you said. And I love how the conversation a... started in a different direction. We went somewhere else, then we came to the that is, So That is literally that how flowed. we roll. That is how yes. we roll. Well, it's lovely. thank you. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. All the success today. with your podcast. And I hope your audience is super happy. Oh, they will be. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wed Pro podcast. Full transcribes of this episode plus every other episode we have done are available at www.theweddingbusinesshub.com forward slash blogs. Thanks so much for listening. 
If you do have any questions about this episode or anything else at all, you can email us at info at theweddingbusinesshub.com. And if you are loving our episodes, which I know you are, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you can stay updated with any new episodes that land. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.